You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. I was trying to work the food in your mouth. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. I think uh, uh, we're just as frustrated as every fan in this in this state of Minnesota. Uh, every Minnesota Vikings fan, we're, we are we are more frustrated. Uh, we put everything we have into off season. Uh, we grind every single day, and then to put a performance like that is is so frustrating. It's it's unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Um, you got you got to be better yourself, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back to work on on Monday. There was a lot of speculation of me being frustrated. Of course, you know, at being a being a receiver and um, wanting to have success and wanting to win. If you want to win and you're not winning, of course you'll be frustrated. I think the frustration is with you is, is you guys. It's not us. We, we're not frustrated. We're going to work. I don't think uh, if you guys watch practice today, we were flying around, we were having fun, and we were making plays. So um, I think uh, that's, a, that's a media thing uh, more than uh, frustration from us because, um, yeah, on, on, you know, after a game, things like that, you're going to show frustration. But, you know, now we're worried about New York, and, and we're not frustrated at all. Okay. Wow. Whoa, wait a second. Wow. Wait a second. Whoa. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North, your home for Twins playoff baseball starting tomorrow night, right here on Score North on AM 1500. You can find the Twins, 607 first pitch tomorrow, 407 first pitch on Saturday. Judd's out there. We sent Judd out to New York. He's been at Yankee Stadium all day. And so we're there's so many Twins things to dive into. But Jonathan Harrison just played frustrated Adam Thielen from Sunday, Frustrated Stefan Diggs today, and then Adam Thielen blaming the media for like making this stuff we're, up. We're the problem, dude. Come on, come on. I'm not sure we heard that all correctly. Do we need to hear it again? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let ahead. me hear that again. I don't want to misconstrue. Here's it. Here it is in order once again. I think uh, uh, we're just as frustrated as every fan in this in this state of Minnesota. Uh, every Minnesota Vikings fan. We're, we are we are more frustrated. Uh, we put everything we have into off season. Uh, we grind every single day, and then to put a performance like that is is so frustrating. It's it's unbelievable. But at the end of the day, you got to look yourself in the mirror. Um, you got you got to be better yourself, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come back to work on on Monday. And now, Diggs. There was a lot of speculation of me being frustrated. Of course, you know, at being a being a receiver and um, wanting to have success and wanting to win. If you want to win and you're not winning, of course you'll be frustrated. That's my answer. Dealing part two. I think, I think the frustration is with you is, is you guys. It's not us. We, we're not frustrated. We're going to work. I don't think uh, if you guys watch practice today, we were flying around, we were having fun, and we were making plays. So um, I think uh, that's, a, that's a media thing uh, more than uh, frustration from us because, um, yeah, on, on, you know, after a game, things like that, you're going to show frustration. But, you know, now we're worried about New York, and, and we're not frustrated at all. Okay, but why, why can't – why instead of my brain on the media – My brain hurts. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be frustrated. It doesn't have to be the media's fault. It's it's okay to be frustrated. Period, Judd. Adam Thielen's a smart guy. I, I like to give him credit for that, but does he realize how dumb he sounds? Like you can't be when when one on Sunday you, you came out and acknowledged frustration, which by the way is very, very fair. But second of all, when your teammate who plays the same position as you basically staged a walkout on the team, 
How can you sit there with a straight face and be like, oh, it, it, it's fine. There's no problem here. He sounds incredibly dumb. I mean, it just sounds, it's so tone deaf. It's, is, he, it, it, is he taking Cousins pills? It's <laughs> Cousins pills. <laughs> I mean, you know, did Cousins come in with like this big, uh, big vat of pills and be like, Adam, if you take these, you won't acknowledge anything is wrong. You'll, you won't admit that the outside uh, noise is getting to you. You'll only say that other people are texting you about it in your family and you will be completely oblivious to the world around you. And Adam, it's fantastic. You can make all this money and not care. It's really bizarre. I mean, I think on on uh, let's let's start with Stefan Diggs for a second because he he came back to he came back to practice practiced in full today, and 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 Stefan Diggs with his hood up, begrudgingly spoke to the media and uh, and even it, when asked directly about the trade rumors said there's there's truth in the rumors but then sort of deferred to his agent he said I haven't demanded a trade but I don't know like my agent you know go talk to my agent about it. Yep. Um, I think you can be right about something. Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs are right. This is frustrating to watch. The quarterback is playing like crap. And the Vikings' entire strategy here seems a little bit wonky in that they're spending one-third of their salary cap on pass weapons, and they're de-emphasizing the pass. And So I get it all, and I don't think those guys are wrong in their opinion and assessment of what's happening so far through four games. So I think you can be right, but I think you can be wrong in the way that you handle it. Skipping out on practice and being upset publicly about it, if you're Stefan Diggs, that's the wrong way to handle this. And I think, and in the case of Adam Thielen, blaming the media for blowing this up when it's it's you guys who are frustrated, that's the wrong way to handle it on Thielen's end. So I can think I, they're both. I think they're both right, but I think they're handling it wrong. Well, and can I also give you guys a conspiracy theory where Stefan Diggs did something to his employer today uh, very much on purpose? Here it is. He told the media, yeah, I was sick the past couple days, but I'm frustrated, right? If you are sick, it is incumbent upon your National Football League employer to list you on the injury report as being sick. Yes. And if they don't do that, as Brett Favre did to the Jets so eloquently and beautiful because he hated the Jets so much, if you then come out and say, well, I I had something else wrong. For instance, I was really sick. Even if you weren't, the league's going to look at that and be like, oh, hold on a second. You're supposed to list that, Minnesota Vikings. So, Stefan Diggs who I perceive to be very unhappy, and as Phil said, he might be right. He certainly is He certainly is at a uh, crossroads in how he feels about his employer. It was very interesting today. He made sure to say, yeah, I was sick when he knew damn well they had put that it was personal reasons on the injury report. I, I don't understand when athletes say it's our fault simply for reporting what they say or do. Like, that's... If we if we were totally speculating about strife in the Vikings locker room or the displeasure of Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs, if we were speculating and just throwing this stuff out there, okay, this is a quote Andrew Kramer just tweeted from Stephon Diggs today. I can't stand up here and act like everything is okay because it's obviously not. What I can say is, at this point, I'm just trying to work through it. That's Adam Thielen's teammate saying everything's not okay, and then Adam Thielen goes in front of a bunch of microphones and says everything's fine, you guys are making this up. This is your fault. Yeah. You're the reason there's any problem here whatsoever. Do they do professional athletes like Adam Thielen want us to record what they say 
hang on to it for a day or two, and then come back to him and go, hey, man, you seem kind of frustrated here. Maybe you said some things you didn't want to say. Is it okay if I publish this or play this back for my audience? Is that what they want from us? Because simply and strictly going on the things that we see and hear them say. There is no speculation. There is no gray area here in what we're talking about. Adam Thielen said we have to be able to complete passes after Sunday's game, something I think we all agreed with. Stephon Diggs just said everything's not okay. He said that, and now it's our fault, Adam Thielen? Get out of here, man. It's, uh, it's, It's frustrating to watch these guys handle their frustration. Be frustrated. That's okay. Handle it. Handle it in a way that leads to a solution. And this is actually, this is the, one of the biggest things that drives me nuts, whether it's in sports or anything really. And like Judd and I have talked about this, uh, you know, behind the scenes and on the, on the microphones before. I hate it when people point to problems and don't bring solutions. Okay. Anyone can point to a problem. Hey, that thing's broken. Like we know. Okay. How do you fix it? How do you fix it? And right now, I feel like you've got, Two very talented, awesome wide receivers who are pointing at a problem and sort of throwing a public temp- uh, temper tantrum about it in the case of Stefan Diggs, and Thielen walked it back uh, the last couple days. But what is the main problem? Is it scheme? Is it Kirk Cousins? And is it fixable? And have they gotten to the point where they just don't think it's fixable anymore, and so their only option in their minds is to just make a thing about it publicly? Like is that, is that where this is at? Is Stefan Diggs basically saying, hey... I've been a team player behind the scenes, but this isn't fixable because Kirk Cousins isn't good enough or the scheme isn't good enough, and therefore this is my only recourse I feel like I have is to go public. Do you know who should be really, really ticked? And, and I talked about this with Danny Cunningham today on Ventline, and this just occurred to me like in the past couple days. Do you know who should go into the locker room and take all of these guys, these divas by the collar, and say, shut up, the defense? This thing was supposed to be and is built around defense, right? The offense, it's as if we're dealing with, like, Antonio Brown now. This offense is supposed to operate, like, score 20 points. Score 21 points, okay? And on Sunday at Chicago, score 17 points. The defense gave up 16. This team, right or wrong, is built around Harrison Smith, Linval Joseph, guys like Barr. But the point being is... You got Cousins initially because you thought that Keenum didn't get you past that next step, but it was never to turn this offense into this high-flying circus act of divas who are either frustrated or not. It was basically to score, can you score 17 points on Sunday? That's asking nothing. If I was Linval Joseph, I'd go in there and grab Diggs and Thielen and Cousins and all these guys by the collar, and I'd say, if you don't shut up, I'm going to beat you up because you have nothing, (laughs) because you're not nearly as important as you are coming off, and there's all this stupid turmoil that... If they were being asked to score 35 points per game, I'd be like, okay, this is a problem, and these guys, are uh, it's a lot being put on them. But they're not. They're being, Sunday, asked to score 17. You can't score 17 points, and now you're pointing fingers, or now you're saying it's the media's fault, or if you're digs, you're staying away. Somewhere along the line here, we got so far away from what the what the root of this team was supposed to be, and now it's turned into this. We're, we're treating these guys 
or they're treating the situation like they're all real star players who are scoring a ton of points. They're very nice players, and at their best, maybe they can be stars. But just shut up and score 20 points on Sunday. Yeah, I think Score I think, 21 points. Delvin Cook is the only guy that I'd be like, you know what, Delvin, you're cool. The rest of you, I'm going to beat you up. But I think part of the frustration is that they can't, they, they can't score. They, they, they couldn't score 10 points in that game yeah. against Chicago. But then just get your act together. Quit. You know, quit it, trying to deflect, quit going on podcasts. You know, Cousins yesterday coming out and saying, I don't hear the outside noise. People are in my family are texting me, and it sounds like somebody died. You're just lying, dude. Well, You're just lying to people. The other telling thing here is it's stuff like this doesn't boil over in the way that it did with Thielen on Sunday or Diggs skipping practice and maybe demanding a trade behind the scenes. I mean, that's still up in the air at this point. There's all kinds of speculation. This stuff doesn't boil over in this way unless it's been built up for a long time. And I think this has been built up for at least a year, probably going back to like last November, October. It went to bed in the offseason for a while just because you get to clearly clear your mind, go back to practice, work out with each other, everything's good. And now it's like they're picking up where they left off with frustration last year. And it's 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 the same 500 team with the same problems in Big games on the road against the Packers, against the Bears, prime time, um, and so I, th- I think this is just a, it, it's it's symbolic of these guys have been frustrated the whole time, and now it's boiling over. I remember when I first got here, and especially when the whole Antonio Brown thing was going on. Something I kept on hearing over and over <laughs> again, man. I sure am glad we have star wide receivers Dude. who aren't divas, star wide receivers who don't cause trouble and cause drama. Yeah, how yeah. do we get here? Well, that, yeah, that, that, that narrative went really out the good. window very uh, and, very quickly. And that's also a great question, too. That's also a fantastic question. But then it's just insulting for Thielen to, to try and, and blame an outside entity when his teammate, who he, by the way, is as closely tied in, in with probably as any twosome in the National Football League uh, when it comes to players, when he is trying to be like, oh, yeah, there's nothing going on. And meanwhile, Stefan Diggs was not there. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, we're going to – earlier today we sat down with Sage Rosenfels. Judd, while you were at Yankee Stadium, Rami and I sat down and had our weekly Sage Football Wisdom conversation. Nice. This was we, – so we recorded this before we wound up uh, getting some of the Stefan Diggs quotes that came out, but the spirit of the conversation revolves around Kirk Cousins and the offense and is it fixable and things like that. So we're going to dive into that when we come back and plenty of twin stuff ahead. Judd's been doing recon at Yankee Stadium all day. So much recon. Jose Barrios is the game one starter, so we'll uh, we'll dive into that as well. And Score North is your home for Twins postseason baseball. You'll be able to find <laughs> Twins playoff games on Score North on 1500. First pitch Friday night, 6 o'clock, 6.07. Saturday at 4 o'clock, we're also going to do post-game special editions of the Score North Twins show with your calls. And we're also trying to give away $10,000. We're trying to give away $10,000 with our Bombas Away for 10K Challenge, if you can correctly predict the first playoff home run hitter for the Twins, you'll be entered to win $1,000. If that home run's a grand slam, the prize jumps to $10,000. You can enter by downloading the free Score North mobile app, register on the app, and enter through listener rewards. It's that easy. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is uh, is a proud part of this show. I think it's I think they're proud. I don't know. Maybe they're just maybe they're disgraced. I don't know. But they are part of the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show, whether they like it or not. No, um, and they're here to help business owners out there because they have over a century of experience in making businesses as successful as they can be. Federated is a Minnesota-based company down in Owatonna. 
and uh, they're also one of the top 150 workplaces according to uh, the, uh, in, in the state of Minnesota, according to the Star Tribune, for the second straight year. So if you are a business owner out there and you feel like you're not getting enough from your insurance company, maybe you just have a policy and you really don't even, I mean, do you have a face-to-face relationship? Do you have peace of mind? Because if you don't, federatedinsurance.com is the place to go. That's where you can find your federated marketing rep. That's where you can find all the industries that Federated protects. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. All right, welcome back. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and the Score North mobile app. Our guy Judd out in New York here the next few days covering Twins-Yankees, and also he'll be out there for Vikings-Giants, which all of a sudden... That's right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's good timing for Judd. He'll be at MetLife, and all of a sudden, for a lot of reasons, that Vikings-Giants game looks much different than it did maybe three weeks ago on the schedule because the Giants are better, and because... The Vikings are uh, in the middle of a dramatic week here, and that's a good segue into our weekly sit-down with Sage Rosenfels, our uh, journeyman quarterback correspondent that we sent to Chicago last week, and we call this segment Sage Football Wisdom. And Sage, we have two themes happening at the Vikings practice facility this week. We have Kirk Cousins apologizing to Adam Thielen, and we have Stefan Diggs not showing up to practice yesterday and all kinds of national reports speculating on whether he actually is trying to force a trade or whether he's just trying to send a message. So uh, on this episode of As the Vikings World Turns, what do you make of all of this in the last 72 hours? Well, it seems to be sort of a triangle there, doesn't it? You know, two receivers and the quarterback uh, on a football team that, you know, they're 2-2, two and two, they're 500, so, you know, they're not 0-4. Like, you know, the Denver Broncos, they're really freaking out over there. Uh, but they're also in last place in the NFC North. Uh, and every aspect of the football team, pretty dang solid to really good through the first four games. But the passing game. So uh, the passing game is the issue. So you're talking about the two receivers who are stars, uh, who both think they're top, you know, probably top five. They probably think they're top five guys, but definitely I would say top ten guys in the league. And they are having statistically, you know, the really like the worst years of their career since really, you know, Thielen became a starter. Uh, and it's not even close. I mean, their their attempts, uh, their I should say, their targets to them are down. Uh, their catches are down. I mean, a running back is leading the team in receptions. You know, Dalvin Cook leads the team in receptions and running the football. Uh, C.J. Ham has been targeted more than Kyle Rudolph so far through one month. Too. That's a that's amazing it's amazing it is and so um so it's obviously you know the frustration level seems to be much higher than you would think of a two and two football team and uh, i think it's because they said if you you watch these games you just know you know there's sort of there's a lot of aspects to a game you know there's people talk about offense and defense and, and special teams but there's rush offense there's rush defense there's obviously the special teams there's pass offense and pass defense and and you know everything is pretty dang good except yeah. for pass offense and in the two games where they needed the pass offense just to be solid just to be good not great just good i think the vikings win both those ball games but it wasn't good the first one uh, in green bay was terrible and the other night was just very poor and in particular the fumbles that consistently happened so uh this passing attack when when, when kirk cousins drop back drops back to pass whether it's a bootleg or a play action or a three-strap drop or a, a you know whatever it might be shotgun under center 
they have to find a way to be more effective. And being more effective to me is getting the ball to two of their best players, Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Is two and two, two and two, no matter what, or can there be a bad two and two? Because yesterday on the show, Judd, Judd said, yeah, they're two and two, but with this Diggs stuff and with Cousins apologizing to Thielen, it feels like it feels like 0-4. Oh is that just us on the outside looking in and panicking as fans and people who analyze this team? Or do you think it might feel worse than 2-2 two and two in that locker room right now? Well, one, 2-2 two and two is not going to get it done because that ends up being 8-8, eight and eight and they won't make the playoffs at 8-8. Eight and eight. They may not make the playoffs with 10 wins sure. this year. So, uh, as I said, the, the NFC has a lot of quality teams that are going to win right around 10 games, I think. So, uh, you know, they're off to a, you know, they're behind the mark where they want to be. You know, they, I think they would obviously would like to be three and one or four and zero. Oh, but two and two feels like you know last year was eight seven and one. So really, they're not two and two. They're you know ten and nine and one, right? And and, and again, like that's not good enough to make the playoffs because you have to count last year's frustrations seem to be the same as this year's, except for they seem to be a little bit worse. Uh, and we were just, you know, hoping that, you know, second season here or whatever it might be, or maybe this style or uh, whatever would, uh, you know, change Cousins' play. You know, he was in this system. He had some good years in the style of system when he first came in the league. You know, getting back to it, you'd think he'd play better, but he has not. And so it's, it's disappointing, uh, and it's frustrating, but, um, that's where the leadership really has to come into play here. You know, that's where Mike Zimmer, uh, and, and Kevin Stefanski, uh, and, and you know, uh, shoot Rick Spielman. Everybody has to get everybody on the same page. You know, fr- Ricky Williams once said, and Ricky was an interesting guy, obviously, but he once said, you know, frustration is a self-inflicted wound. You cause yourself to be frustrated. Uh, you have a choice not to be, and this team has to figure out a way not to be, and uh, and to not complain, and you just have to find a way. And it's it's it's, it's the ultimate team sport. This is not individual. Uh, you can't sit here and blame other people. You have to find a way as a team. You're all together uh, to work your way through these problems. And and I don't know what Stefanski and Kubiak and whoever else is going to figure out here, but something has to change in this passing. Yeah, game. there's there's such an interesting dynamic here too with. It's a salary cap league. Everybody knows how much money the quarterback makes, but there's a huge gap between what he makes and uh, and and, and like where his rank is in, yeah, in terms of yeah. production and performance. And you know, I I really think the only thing that fixes this problem or strife uh, consternation between wide receivers and and even like coaching quarterback to some extent is Kirk Cousins playing better. Uh, and I know I know he can play better than he has played so far this year, but there's a cap and a ceiling on how well he can actually play. So it's I, I'm really curious, Sage, to see if he doesn't play a lot better in the next couple weeks. There's still a lot of season left, and there's still a lot of contract left, and it's guaranteed, and there's a no-trade clause. Um, it's almost like the the weight of the next year and a half and the weight of Mike Zimmer's job and Rick Spielman's job. I mean, there's a, it just feels like a lot of football gravity here, if you will. It does. It, it, it feels heavier uh, than it should be. You know, because I've been on two and two football teams. It's like, hey, two and two, not bad for the first month of the season. We had a yeah. murderous, uh, you know, uh, you know, first quarter schedule. Pretty much the yeah. Dolphins all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. The Dolphins are two and two. It's like, woo, Champagne you know. celebration. <laughs> no practice on Wednesday because things are so good. Um, so, but but this does feel very heavy, and you know, it's it's interesting now, sort of being, a, I guess, a media member. 
and not being a player anymore, you used to always say, you know, the, the media builds things up way too much and they try to basically create controversy and they try to blow things up for you know, as bigger stories than they are because then people listen or watch. But this does feel heavier than a normal, you know, two and two. And I said, I think because those two losses uh, were so sort of ugly and gross that uh, and, and then the, obviously the frustrations from last year uh, add to that, and it's it, it feels much heavier than just your regular two and two. Do you think there's a chance that Mike Zimmer doesn't make it through this? If if there's panic, obviously they're locked into Kirk Cousins at a hefty price tag through 2020. Do you think the change they try to make to shake things up at some point this season is Mike Zimmer? I would hope not. Uh, I think that would be a really bad decision. You know, I think uh, a lot of Vikings fans, everyone has their opinion about from the, uh, you know, from the GM's decisions to the the head coach's decisions to why the coordinator called that play at that time to why we're wearing these uniforms. Everyone has an opinion. But in my opinion, uh, at the end of the day, I look around the league and this team has consistently had good players. Two very good players, you know, and sometimes I think top five, you know, type of talent. They have a lot of really good players in this defense. I think Dalvin Cook was a great pick. I like the draft this year. So in a lot of ways, I give Rick Spielman a lot of credit. And, again, there's misses. Obviously, Laquan Treadwell was a miss, and there's misses in there, and that happens. But they have made a lot of good decisions and, and, and found ways to keep guys there because guys want to be there. Uh, and it's not just for the money. And so they want to be there because they believe in their head coach. Yeah. Uh, they like their head coach, even though he's this old school, you know, uh, you know, you know, type of coach. A lot, a lot of times, you know, play. He's not player friendly, but guys keep signing back here because they want to be here because they they like this group. So the team uh, is a good, um, talented football team. The players like the coach. I think the coach is a very good coach. He's a defensive specialist, and the defense is good. So, so you, 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 that that's hard to find sometimes. Um, but the issue is, and and Rick, this is where Rick has failed uh, over the court. You know, basically since he's been in Minnesota um, as the general manager, and, and probably even when he was in Miami when I was down there, as he just hasn't found that star. You know, top ten quarterback. They've tried various trades from low round picks, or you know, myself as a fourth rounder drafting guys first round, uh, you know, too early, or you know, the Teddy Bridgewater was probably the right play, and and you know, his knee gave out on him, so ran some some bad luck there. But that has been like this key position that has plagued this organization, and plagued Rick uh, Spielman. But but I don't think that's a reason to fire the guy or to change coaches because they there's so much good going on here. They have just sort of missed. Uh, I, I would say both in the you know the, the, the quarterback position, but also in finding ways to protect the quarterback. Uh, this offensive line uh, also has struggled uh, to to make life a little bit easier for Kirk. Yeah. So Sage, let's go down that path. By the way, this is Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and it's Sage football wisdom every Thursday on our show. And I think you bring up some really good points, uh, just from a just from a perspective, uh, or, or just I think it's good perspective. I guess is what I'm saying. And I have an issue with people over-complaining about general managers, Rick Spielman or whoever it may be, being unable to find the franchise quarterback. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not exonerating Rick Spielman here. I think there's things to criticize. Uh, but if, if we are to believe that there are only 12 to 18, 18 generously, I would say 12 to 18 
true franchise quarterbacks in the entire world, there's a huge supply and demand problem there. I, I would be much more hard on GMs if there was 50 or 60 franchise quarterbacks out there and every team had a backup that was a franchise quarterback and you still couldn't find one, right? I mean, in Major League Baseball right now, Sage and Rami, if you can't find velocity, you're an idiot and you're fired, right? If you can't find pitchers that throw 97 miles an hour, that's right. on that's on you. Right. Because they're out they're there. They're everywhere. And there's training methods that can increase their velocity. It's not like there's just 60 dudes hanging out waiting to be franchise quarterbacks. They just need to be found, right? There might only be 12 or 18 of them. Now, if you're given 10 years to find one, okay, like now you should be criticized more. Uh, but that that is yeah. So, so so I think the criticism is fair, you know, with Rick because he as I said he has sort of failed at that position, and they've tried to draft guys. They it was a, it was a huge reach to to draft uh, uh, Christian Ponder that early. Yep. Uh, a lot of people had him as a second or even a third round draft pick, and I think even some people even had him lower than that. But they decided that to go for it, and and they missed, you know, and and there's also luck involved. I mean, look, let's look at Kansas City. How lucky are they? That Chicago drafted Trubisky and not Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that is just you know that that to me is like Chicago. Like holy cow, you you really missed on that, right? So uh, he has missed on that position. He's tried various things, and it just ha- it has not worked out yet. And and so far through you know eighteen games, it hasn't worked out with with uh, with Kirk. And you know he's 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 expensive. Um and, and and he's the production's not there, uh, the frustration is there, uh, and something has to change. And you know who's in a tough spot is is you know Kevin Stefanski, uh, and you know, Kevin's been at the organization for a long time, really been patient, waited his turn, and and he's just trying to figure out what's the best game plan to win football games. And you know, is it throw up more? You know, does that just mean more fumbles in the pocket and? Possibly more interceptions. I mean, the line's not a good pass blocking line. I mean, he's stuck with a a hard uh, a deck, I, I believe, and has to find a way to get the most production out of Cousins without, uh, you know, uh, showing his glaring weaknesses. I saw your buddy Dan Orlowski the other day on Sports Center uh, said throwing out the idea that the Vikings go and trade for Josh Rosen from from the Dolphins because he's not the plan in Miami, obviously, long term, and he said things aren't working out with Kirk Cousins here. If you're in Rick Spielman's chair, whether it's Rosen or going and drafting somebody this offseason, is moving on from Kirk Cousins now or in the near future an option for you, for you, or do you ride this out through the through the contract? That's a, that's a very good question. I mean, I don't know what you can do this year. You know, I, I, listen, I was traded um, from Minnesota to the New York Giants on like September second or something like that. It was like the Friday Saturday before the first. Game of the year. So I had one week to prepare for that offense, and I will tell you, for about the first two weeks, if I had to play, uh, if Eli would have gotten hurt, <laughs> the New York Giants would have been in some serious trouble because it was a real, it was, it was a completely different language. You know, I was just really trying to get the basics on their offense was completely different, and I'd never been anything like it. Uh, now I will say, I, I, my assumption is that the Miami offense isn't as different, uh, you know, from, from the Vikings, but it's not easy to come into a new team and all of a sudden have. Uh, you know, even average expectations if with no offseason, no training camp, you know, not knowing the offense, that would not be easy. This is not the Brett Favre situation. So I don't know if it's fixable for this year, um, but I'm intrigued if you start thinking about what are the possibilities for next year. I mean, if the things continue, there's just no way they can have Kirk back. There's no way. It sort of reminds me of the Houston situation. Um, 
Osweiler with, with Osweiler. Yeah. Like oh. they, you know, and that was only eighteen million. This is this is another ten, and they, you know, they they trade him away um, and and like paid his salary just to get rid of just to you know basically get him <laughs> off the team. They couldn't, and that's what the Vikings may have to do. Is God like, bless America, by the way. You know, I mean, <laughs> God bless America. I am super intrigued by. You know what? What is what is Kirk's value on another team? Do they want to pay ten million dollars of his salary uh, to have him as their starting quarterback, or is there like backup quarterback? Like who? I don't. I don't know. But we're Man. four games in. We are four games in. Let's not jump so far to conclusions of what might happen. But this is the the situation when you have such a glaring weakness on a team that is at this key position of quarterback with the salary cap and the whole thing, uh, it, it becomes definitely the hot topic, and, and frustration has definitely mounted. And th- there's no denying that. There's no denying that this team's frustrated. You could tell uh, with, with Zimmer's press conferences and, and obviously with some of the situations with the wide receivers. I am fascinated, Sage and Rami. Uh, and by the way, Judd, we'll, we'll mix Judd back in. Judd's out in New York covering Twins-Yankees, and, uh, and at the, he's popping in and out of the workout and whatnot. But, you know, I am fascinated by Kirk Cousins' record in high-leverage spots, whether it's his 5-27 and career record against winning teams. He, ha- he I believe he's 1-8 against winning teams as a Viking. He's never won a Monday night game. And I know that there are 53 guys on a roster and it's it's really unfair to just pin all of a win-loss record on one guy, but it is the most influential position in professional sports, and when you have a four- or five-year track record of those types of numbers, either the rest of your supporting cast is complete garbage and you are a shining star, and we know that that's not the case, uh, or it's or it's on you. I mean, what do you. What do you make of some of these just ridiculously bad numbers that Kirk Cousins has to wear in those situations? Well, you know, there's the uh, you regularly see it on Twitter. There's like a, a debate about quarterbacks and win loss record, mm-hmm. and how much is their fault? Uh, in particular, in college, you know, do you do you judge Daniel Jones by his win loss record? Well, in college, it's a little bit easier because you can go, well, you know, he played for Duke, and they're playing against like Clemson and these other schools. So <clears throat> the fact that he had a decent win loss record is is a, is a good thing. Uh, but the NFL, yeah, as you said, there, there's so much go, that goes into it. But you know. I like talking about a quarterback's win-loss record. I actually, I'm not a big fan of uh, you know putting up big stats. It, I was six and six in my career, and in most of those six wins, I had less than 250 yards passing. You know, it was a game that I, you could say, sort of managed the offense, but you know, sort of found a way to win. But it usually wasn't by throwing for 350 yards. Um, it was, you know. Good defense, running game, don't turn the ball over. Complete the third down. The third downs are huge. Those sort of clutch situations uh, you know, in the red zone uh, at, at those key times, two-minute drills. That's when a quarterback, that's why a quarterback is paid. It's not for how many passing touchdowns, I don't think. It's not for how many total yards because those things can all sort of lie to you unless you look into the fine details. And, and uh, But the, the, the quarterback that I think is the greatest of all time, People don't care about his stats at all, and that's Tom Brady. Yeah. His only stat that matters is his wins. So, you know, do stats matter? Yeah. Do, do wins matter? Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I do think it's important for quarterbacks to be judged by their win-loss record, in particular in those big-time situations. And that is where you could point to if you had an issue with Spielman or, or whoever, as they say, got on the table uh, to bring Kirk Cousins here, that is where you can say, you know, they knew the, a lot of those stats going in because he was 5-20 and 20 w- against teams with winning records or whatever it was, right? So 
they, they knew some of these things going into it. And I think they were hoping that it was the Washington organization, which is always one of the worst in the league, that maybe that thing was so unhealthy that you know the reason they didn't win those games was not Kirk's fault. Uh, and I think Vikings fans are starting to see, you know, maybe some of those issues in Washington, those consistent seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven seasons, uh, might have been a lot of a lot of that weight on the quarterback. You brought up Daniel Jones. A lot of us asked who, and then laughed when he was drafted by the Giants high in the first round. I didn't. I'm. I'm. I'm I think I did. <laughs> I did. I I'll, watch, I'll admit it. I did. I, 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 well, you know why I, I wouldn't watch. Uh, I wouldn't watch the Clemson game last year. Uh, I was just sort of looking about the top six, seven quarterbacks wanted. Watch a little, them a little bit, and he didn't do anything spectacular in that game. And he threw the ball mostly short, uh, sort of underneath stuff. But this is Duke versus Clemson, and when you see a guy compete and, and be accurate and get the ball out quick, and that's the NFL game is different than college. In college, you can hold on the ball a lot longer. And NFL, the pass rushers are so good, and you saw a guy that that got through his coverage as fast, or got through the defense as fast and his reads, and got the ball out quick uh, and was accurate. And, and he was a better athlete than I think that uh, he looks like, because he looks like a guy that should be on the golf team. So uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought he was going to be good. Of course, you never know, but I, I thought he was going to be a pretty good quarterback going in. Anything that you've seen from him that you think the Vikings can exploit on Sunday? Well, that's a good question. You know, they they don't have great threats or receiver. You know, that's that's the thing. So, um, you know, I, I would, if I were the Vikings, I, I'd make the move to Mike Hughes. I think if you look at the defense, I think Xavier Rhodes has not played well. He didn't play great last year. Uh, he's done a nice job in the run game, actually. He's more of like a cover two corner, which he's not chasing all day. But when they're in man-to-man coverage, you know, Mike Hughes played fine last week, and he's healthier. He's got more juice. I would play him a heck of a lot more in this game uh, and be up in their face uh, and make games. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, be, be really accurate with the football, and and I try to bring pressure. I I would always I do that double a gap stuff and actually bring a lot of those blitzes, uh, you know, against a young quarterback. I know he's smart, and and I know that he's you know I think he's pretty well coached. I, I think Shermer's a very good football coach for quarterbacks, uh, but uh, I would try to bring as much stuff at him as possible and and not make it easy for him and not give him easy completions. That is Sage Rosenfels. He hangs out with us on Thursdays. Sage football wisdom, and you can also find Sage on Mondays and Wednesdays on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, live at 2 o'clock and on-demand, podcastable, anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and the Score North mobile app. He is our journeyman quarterback correspondent, and we'll talk again next week. All right, Sage? Sounds good. Hopefully the Vikings are 3-2 and two, and their quarterback plays great. And we all say, oh, what was all that stuff we were talking about last week? <laughs> well, if, if Judd you know? were here, he would say, hopefully the Vikings are 2-3 and three and everything's burning down. Because that's, what <laughs> Judd, that's where Judd thrives. But So negative. <laughs> yeah. Such a Some of us just want to watch the world yeah. burn. Yeah. <laughs> that's Judd. <laughs> all right, see you, Sage. Thanks, Sage. All, all right, right, guys. Maggie and Judd with Rami. Real quick, before we uh, throw it to break here. Yeah. We're trying to give away $10,000. Are we? We are trying to I'll give away $10,000. Thank you, Phil. Well, it was my birthday yesterday. Thank you. Well, if you want, you have I to work for it a little bit. Oh. If you want it, yeah. or if anybody out there wants it, if you can correctly predict the first twin to hit a bomba well, I can do in that. the playoffs. It's not even work. You who, said I have to work Who are you it. predicting? I'd go Garver. Because he, he probably leads off. Paxton game one. It's a, it's a band box there. Yeah. I'm going Garver. So if you can correctly predict who hits the first playoff bomba for the Twins, you're entered to win $1,000. I'll explain in a second. If that first home run is a grand slam, prize jumps to $10,000. You can enter with three easy steps. Download the Score North mobile app. It's free. Apple, Android devices. Register and enter through listener rewards. 
It's very easy. Mackie and Judd with Rami. We're trying to give away 10K. I don't know what else to say. And we'll come back and we'll bring Judd back into the mix from just down the street from Yankee Stadium. Judd's in the Bronx. We unleashed Judd in the Bronx. And he'll join us when we come back. You he think has a Judd has report. done his uh, QB cesspool challenge research or too busy traveling and covering the Twins? You think we catch him unprepared I, this week? I think he's unprepared. You think so? I do. All right. I think he's been... Pop me up. I'm not unprepared. <laughs> I'm not unprepared. In fact, in fact, I did a recon that's going to blow you guys away and it's very, to quote the old 1500 ESPN billboards, ballsy. Wow. Really? Okay. Uh-huh. I look forward to it. Okay. But when we come back here, let's get a lay of the land. We're going to just throw it to you, Judd, and we're going we're gonna to take the next basically half hour to talk Twins, Yankees, everything you have learned from Yankee Stadium. You've taken in the vibe for the first time from the new Yankee Stadium compared to the old Yankee Stadium, so we'll do all of those things shortly here. But let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a brief moment, the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities. You know, I hate to say this, hate to say it, but it was in the low 40s yesterday. I know. Winter is knocking. The last two mornings I walked out of my house to walk my dog wearing shorts and thought, what the hell is this? Yeah. Well, this is not supposed to be did we, my first time in in Minnesota when we go from fall or from I'm sorry summer to fall to winter is fall just not a thing do we just go summer winter fall is the best time of year in Minnesota but it's like one afternoon okay and it was cool. on and it was on Sunday all right that's <laughs> <So>, awesome <laughs> cool so winter's here but uh in preparation for winter Luther Brookdale Toyota is trying to make sure that your tires are ready to rock so just don't even gamble with bad tires you can buy any three tires on any Toyota and get the fourth one for just a dollar. They also do a battery inspection for you to make sure that you're not, you know, you're not in danger of having a battery die sometime in the middle of December or January. Just be prepared and have the folks at Luther Brookdale Toyota help prepare you for the upcoming colder months. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. Tell them Phil Mackey sent you. Jonathan Harrison here with the Score North Download. You can join Tara and myself this Sunday afternoon as Minnesota United heads west to take on the Seattle Sounders with playoff positioning on the line. Pre-game at 3 o'clock with kickoff at 325 right here on Score North on AM 1500. Scorenorth.com and the free Score North mobile app. If you happen to miss the big news of the day, Stefan Diggs talked to the media about his absence yesterday from practice and his general frustration. Here's what he had to say about the rumors surrounding him about whether he wants to trade or not away from the Vikings. I feel like there's truth to all rumors, you know. I mean, no matter how you dress it up, um, I won't be saying nothing on it. I won't be speaking on it at all. Uh, but there's truth to all rumors, I guess. I won't be saying anything on it yet. You just did. So that's clear. Uh, let us know, Vikings fans, what you think about the truth to all rumors statement there by Stefan Diggs over at Score North on Twitter, at SKO North on Twitter. Let us know over there what your thoughts are on that. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan Harrison. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. Score North Mobile App and your home for Twins playoff baseball. That's right. Twins playoff games on Score North on 1500. Tomorrow night, first pitch at 607. And Saturday night, or afternoon, first pitch at 407 and Judd Zolget is out there in the Bronx and Judd we just want to we just want to turn it over to you here because well let's let's save roster stuff for the top of the five o'clock because then we can really we can spend 15 20 minutes really flushing out Barrios in game one and that type of stuff but this is your first time in the new Yankee Stadium you've been in the old Yankee Stadium so let's start there in terms of did you find any ghosts or uh, did you wake up any echoes out there today 
Um, other than the fact that the old Yankee Stadium and the new one, gentlemen, is are both located, or one was located and one currently is in the Bronx, there is no comparison. This is, uh, I think, antiseptic is is exactly right. This looks like somebody got the idea to create a a toy version of the old place, and it sort of just feels plastic. But I mean, I was on the field, and if you go on, I think if you go on the field at like Fenway, Wrigley. There's still sort of this like, oh my gosh, you know, the history of this place, and it's really sort of cool. And and to some guys, not everybody, I think, but to some guys, it's fair to say that it might be a little bit intimidating because there's just an it factor there. I think the three of us could go out on New Yankee Stadium. Now we'd strike out a lot because we, we, you know, we wouldn't be as good at baseball. But I think we could go out on the field at New Yankee Stadium and safely say that you would not exactly be in awe of the place. It reminds me, I'm being dead serious, of basically what looks like. The old place turned into a toy. <laughs> it does. It feels it's plastic. Like they it's, tried to remake Yankee yeah. Stadium out of plastic. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, that's that's not to say it's a bad stadium, but I'm just saying that any like, oh, there's some history there. No, there's not. No, there's not at all. Yeah. I mean, the, the place is filled with with um, uh, posh clubs. The places it's you know it's state of the art nice, which, which is fantastic. But, you know, as far as being like, oh, man, you know, the great Bambino dressed over there or Lou Gehrig played first base. No, of course not. You know, I suppose if you grew up loving guys like uh, Jita, you love Jita. Hey, Jita. Then it might be a little bit cool. But besides that, I looked around. I'm like, okay, yeah. And by the way, right field is super, super close. Yeah, there's something. I think the old Yankee Stadium and the mystique and I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like. There's not a ghost of Babe Ruth, you know, carrying Derek Jeter to the plate, but Jeter, but two. there there must be something a little trippy when you when when you walked into that old Yankee Stadium, and a lot of people would talk about. Actually, just Justin Morneau was on the Scorno Twin Show today. Glenn Perkins on baseball, mm-hmm. and he told a couple of great anecdotes about how it literally felt like the old Yankee Stadium was shaking. It felt rickety because it was so old, and fans were right on top of you, right? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Uh, but I would think that there's something a little trippy as a player back in the old stadium, knowing that Babe Ruth was standing right here. In that right? same batter's box. Yeah. yeah. Knowing mm-hmm. that Mickey Mantle and Yogi Berra, well, or even go back further, you know, Lou Gehrig, right? Those guys were playing at the same spot on the field as you are. They were standing in the same batter's box. That's a little bit trippy and maybe intimidating for some. But this, you know, when was this one open? 2009? So, all right, like, A-Rod stood in that box. That's what I was saying. All right. Jeter. Like, cool. Like, no, Target field. Yeah. That's <laughs> basically what it is. It's and, like, and I can tell you right now, 10 out of 10 times, if you offer me up both stadiums to go watch a game, oh, yeah. I'm going Target field. For sure. 100%. Yeah. But I, I, I will say that there is... I think the intimidating factor about this Yankee Stadium is the fact that it's so small and their lineup is so good. It's less of a mystique and history intimidation. It's that lineup is ridiculous and a pop-up could go out if you make a bad pitch. Or even if you make a decent pitch and, and, mm-hmm. and someone just pokes one out to right field. I think the intimidation is in the bandbox factor almost. It's Interesting, too. I asked Rogers during, because he came out for a press conference with Duffy. They brought guys out in twos. They brought, uh, brought Rocco out first, and then they brought Rogers and Duffy out. And um, they brought Brios out alone, and they brought Scope and um, Sano out together. And I asked um, 
Taylor, I, I said at one point, do you guys like because we just talk about it's a given that you're going to give up home runs and that the, these are going to be high scoring games. I said, do you guys sort of like take pride in being like, no, it's not going to be we're we're, we're going to come in. And he goes, yeah, he basically said it's our goal to get guys out. But he also acknowledged that in this day and age of baseball, that's really, really difficult. So I think they're going to go in saying if we can win 15 to 13, we'll just take it. Like there's no we got to go in and shut them down. I think there's a real a realization on the twin side, and it's probably true of both sides, guys. That you know what, there's a good chance that we're going to have two of these. If it goes five games, we're going to have two of these five games be 16 to 15, and okay, that's fine. Yeah, I've been I've been saying since we knew this was the series, Judd, that what's going to win this series for either of these teams, home runs and bullpen. Bombas and bullpen yeah. is the recipe for either of these teams to get through a five game to get through the other team in a five game series. I don't think you're going to see pitchers, or at least I don't expect to. Baseball is a crazy game; random things happen all the time. But I don't come into this expecting any pitcher to dominate the opposing lineup. Both lineups are just too good and too powerful to to think that's that's how this thing is going to play out. Barrios uh, and, and uh, they, they announced this today. Now I actually checked on this. Because, Rami, during the Twin Show, you voiced some objections to the fact that they yes. might have to announce this. And the Daily News, in their story today, said that the Yankees and the teams had to announce their starters t- today. So I did some recon on that question. Uh, the Major League rule does not mandate that, but it sounds like MLB did call the Twins and said, yeah, if you can say who's going to start, that's good. And, and so Baldelli got up, up there today and said... Yeah. Barrios is going to start, to which I then followed up with, well, if you're feeling giving, uh, is Jake going to start game two? To which I think Rocco said something like, I consider myself to be a nice person, but not a giving person. And so I'm not going to tell you that. And But I like this. I think that this is a good way uh, to start. Because if you tried to get too cute and you tried to go, I don't know, game one bullpen game or game one Jake and Barrios uh, game three, I just like the fact that they're, the Twins are taking the guy that you would assume going into 2020 is going to be their ace. And, yes, he had a very bad month of August, but overall had a nice year and have just said, all right, go out there and throw five or six. And so there might be people that quibble with this move, but I think it's the right move. And given the fact that you could now, if you go five games, and let's say Brios pitches well in game one, very confidently bring Jose back in game five, I think this is the right call, Phil. I saw Rami was earlier today, Rami, in an email thread back and forth, was was very much upset that Rocco Baldelli would give away such valuable information before he has to. Don't give away anything. I think they got a call. I think they were told, just just give him a morsel. Give him a morsel. If I'm Rocco Baldelli... And I get that call. I say, you want me to announce my pitcher today? Make it a rule I have to announce my pitcher today. Don't strongly suggest that I should do it today. <laughs> Make tell, me. Tell me I have to. Make me. Make me. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm not enough. Otherwise, if come I'm, on, come at me. Come at me right now. If I don't have to announce it. Come on, Manfred. If I don't have to announce it at any point, you'll find out when he goes to the mound. I'm not telling anybody anything. Actually, you know what? I don't have to tell him. You know what? This is This is coming full circle. Commercial break conversation we had. Last night, 
AEW debuts on TNT, Judd Zolgad. That's wrestling. A competitor to WWE. I figured it out, yeah. Wild success last night, okay? Okay, yep. And right. they had three commentators, Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, longtime... Wait, Jim great, Ross? Jim Ross. Good old JR. Good old that, that man yeah. is broken that in guy. half! Back to the yeah. solar plexus! Yeah, yeah that dude. <laughs> solar plexus. And the third color commentator was a wrestler named Excalibur, who's okay. a luchador. And Excalibur, all three of them had their full suits on, and uh, Excalibur also had the luchador mask with his full suit. I've come up with it. If you really want to be secretive, oh, all your starting oh, pitchers are luchadors. are luchadors. Yeah, they don't know who. You don't know who the mount. Yeah, you don't know. All it says Wouldn't on the, back the body of, type give it away. All it says on the back of the jersey is luchador one, luchador two, luchador three, luchador four, luchador five. The body type might give it away. Yeah. Wouldn't the body type sort of be like, hey, Wait. that looks like Jose Barrios? That luchador doesn't. That you're, looks like Jake Odorizzi. You're saying if if Barrios and Lance Lynn both walk out in luchador masks, then I'm going to figure it out. Team's going to know if Pineda could pitch. I figure. Out that luchador looks a lot like Michael Pineda's body. Though. That luchador has pine tar all over his neck right now. <laughs> but we know that Jose Barrios is starting Game One against James Paxton. And uh, ju- the other thing, ju- well, let's let's we'll let you set this up when we come back. But subterfuge in the Twins clubhouse today. I love this. <laughs> oh yeah, this is fantastic. I love it. It's yes, Maggie. yes. We have this is national foot. You know what? This would make the Vikings proud. All right, Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all new Score North and the Score North mobile app. And again, Score North on AM fifteen hundred is your home for Twins postseason baseball tomorrow night six oh seven first pitch Saturday game two four oh seven. We'll come back. And we'll talk more Twins-Yankees with Judd and the Bronx. I'm throwing big weights. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hour two of Mackie and Judd well, with Rami. Wow, that old Yankee I don't know. My bad. Obviously, the amenities of the new one are nice, but... There was nothing like that old Yankee Stadium. I mean, you could you could feel the ground shake. You could feel the stadium shake when that when that crowd got loud there. I mean, it was it was something. But I think I was so young. I was just so naive. I didn't even understand the magnitude of the moment. What I was doing. I think you know the the first at bat I had in Yankee Stadium, I was nervous. But I, I got that out of the way before, and we were in the playoffs. And, and you know, I was young enough. I was cocky enough where I where I believed that we could win, and I. I felt like I belonged on that stage and I felt like I belonged in that ballpark but I mean it was loud it was the atmosphere there was just something else there's there's not really much to compare it to so fired up for playoff baseball <laughs> I stepped all over Justin Morneau there on uh, Glenn Woo! Perkins baseball, on baseball baseball yeah scored our first place twins show Robbie Makloff that's Phil respect for Justin Morneau yeah. Judd's all good live from New York we don't take that in the Bronx here I'm feeling tough today <laughs> in the Bronx yeah. I'm in the Bronx. I feel tough. To you know what, right, So, Mackie and Jeb with Rami, we're the savages of local sports radio. That's right. We're the savages. Although I do need to tighten it up. Yeah, yeah well, there you <laughs> go. That's the, the problem. Open. But, Judd, we, we, we alluded to subterfuge in the uh, Twins Clubhouse uh, going into the break. And I love, love, love baseball subterfuge, especially October baseball subterfuge. Last year when Craig Council came out after one batter, and pulled Wade Miley for Freddie Peralta. That was that was the equivalent of like Stone Cold Steve music, Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hitting, and Jr. losing his stuff. Like, <laughs> my God! Oh, it's Craig Council. He's coming to the mound. My God! They, that was that was like peak baseball subterfuge. But the Twins 
They're pretty close. Sorry, I was, I was like 10 seconds late on they're that. Up to, <laughs> they're up to some tricks down there in that Twins clubhouse in the Bronx, aren't they? Well, they're trying. I'm trying. See, I'm trying to find out. They're trying to hide it. It's a yin and a yang, but it's really, really fun. But get this one. So the um, so it, I told you guys they had all the press conferences, starting with Baldelli, and it was Barrios, and then uh, some players came out in pairs. And after that, the Twins said, okay, for about a half hour or so, our clubhouse is open. Walked in the clubhouse with the uh, with a bunch of reporters and started to look at nameplates, right? Figuring, hmm, if a nameplate's not up there, that person's not going to be on the playoff. Sure. By the way, there, before right? you continue on with this, Getting all yes, this is yep. why we send Judd Zolgad places, because not everyone would be savvy enough to think that. Going in, wait, the playoff roster well, hasn't been announced yet. Maybe they made the mistake of putting 25 nameplates up, and oh, where's Kyle Gibson's? Oh, where's CJ Crone's? Exactly Judd Zolgad right. thinks about these things. Exactly right. So I walked into the club. I stormed in. Stormed aggressively Did you looked kick around. The door? Did you kick Aggre- the door open? I aggressive. Well, I would have if it hadn't been open already because the clubhouse <laughs> was open. But let's just say I did because it sure. sounds better. Yeah. Um. Um. I got in there. I I started staring at the nameplates and counting them. They've got thirty nameplates. Thirty. <laughs> in other words, there's five more nameplates for guys who are there. Who come 9 a.m. Central tomorrow are going to find out, or they probably know already, but uh, we're going to find out that they are not on the playoff roster because they've took 30 players. So they've got guys who are clearly not going That's to be great. on the playoff roster. Now, now I did. Now, I do have a bit of news, though. Um, Rocco in his press conference expressed uh, great encouragement about Luis, Rami. Arise. He did, mm-hmm. and but you know, but it's Rocco, right? So I'm like, okay, is this real? Is this not? And and he, he went into detail about how he could now reveal that earlier in the week, the confidence that he has now in the fact that Luis Arise can play was not there. But then I found out that he was on the in or he was in the infield. It was a drizzly day, taking ground balls, and I passed him as I went out to the field. I passed you, Luis. Arise. I passed him as he was coming off the field, and he was actually coming in at a decent little clip there. Was he jogging around? I, yes, and he was taking ground balls. Then in he other should, words, if he can jog and field a ground ball, he should 100% be on the roster. In other words, I think he is on the playoff roster. Okay. That's exactly right. And see, that's so a I'm, huge, so I'm huge thing for the Twins. But I'm trying, see, I'm trying to give, to give information that the Twins right now might be on like, yeah, we don't have to yet. So in some ways, Phil, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you like this. Rami probably is disgusted because he wants the subterfuge to work and I'm trying to defeat the subterfuge. I mean, no, I mean, you're doing your job. I'm not going to blame you like Adam Thielen did. You're just doing your job as the media. You've tried to find things out and get it to get it to the consumer of Score North. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. I mean, yeah. I, I think I don't think any one player necessarily makes or breaks the series. I think I think baseball is such a collection of 25 guys and one through nine in the lineup. But if there is a player that, you know, think about the types of hitters in this series and the types of hitters in the lineup for the Twins, and it's just it's a lot of power-hitting guys who strike out quite a bit. Well, I mean, the Twins actually are one of the... I think the Twins are like bottom half or uh, bottom 10 in terms of strikeouts as a team, so they don't strike out a ton. But Luis Arise puts the ball in play, Mm -hmm. and he's one of the best pure hitters in baseball this season. So even if he's only like 65 or 70%, if he can get up there and he can swing a bat and you can put him... 
you know, put him in a. You're not going to put him at short. That's Polanco. So I mean, you're, you're not going to put him in too bad of a spot in the field. I don't think if he's playing second base, you don't have to be super mobile. You shift, and he shifts right. He shifts right. So his so, it, so it, guys are yeah. It, it makes a big exactly. difference if he's in the lineup. Good recon. He, and, and the thing that I like about this as well is if Arise can play, Scope comes off the bench, which I think is actually ideal. Because scope can scope can give you pop off the bench, right? Yes. So if he pinch hits, let's say in the eighth, he can easily pop a ball out, especially here. So to me, if Arise can play and can start, and now scope's on the bench. Now that doesn't mean that scope wouldn't start one game, but I would much rather have the freedom to have Arise start the majority of the ALDS games, and for scope to come in and potentially pinch hit. Uh, I did ask flat out. I went up to uh, poor Kyle Gibson and said, are you on the roster? Do you know? He said, all I've been told is I'll, I'll be out of the bullpen. And I said, so are you in or not? And he said, I don't know yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think he is, guys. Well, let's let, let's circle. I have one more thing on the Arise scope thing, and then let's circle up to, to Gibby and, and pitching. Sure. So I think scope's going to start game one because James Paxton's a left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. and it makes sense to low. And, and Luis Arise is a left-handed hitter. So... You could get Luis an extra day, heal that ankle an extra day, and you could put a righty-lefty matchup in your lineup, another one, if you put Jonathan Scope out there, and uh, maybe Luis Arise comes back and starts on Saturday. So my my guess is Arise off the bench, available late in the game against right-handed relievers, and Jonathan Scope starting the game for the Twins. By the way, Jonathan Scope as a right-handed batter against left-handed pitching, um, or I'm sorry, yeah, as a right-handed batter against left-handed pitching, his OPS this season is almost 200 points higher. He has a 917 OPS against left-handed pitching this year. So they're going to put Jonathan Scope in the lineup against a left-handed starting pitcher. I sense. almost promise you tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so uh, Gibson said he flat-out does not know yet. I can't tell if, if he's telling the truth or not, Uh He's not. Twins he knows. Do have to, yeah. <laughs> and the know. Twins do they have to know. announce that by nine tomorrow. Uh, Odorizzi said was asked if he if he knew what the plan was, and at first said you'll have to ask Rocco. I'm not going to, or I can't tell you. And then I pressed him and said, "So do you really not know?" And he said, "No, I don't know." So I I don't know if this is a game by game thing, and they're go, and they're going to decide uh, after game one again. My sense is that the guy who's going to start game two probably does know, but they are doing a very good job at keeping a lid on everything they possibly can. Yeah, everything. They, yeah, they, which is fine. You don't. You're not going to go. I mean, put it this way: they told Jose Barrios, according to some of the stuff that I saw from now, maybe it was from you. They told Barrios a week ago. Yeah, so you're, you're not going to tell Barrios a week ago, and then tell everyone else. Just be ready. Like, yeah. right? You, you want to make sure no, that these guys, other than the guys who are injured and their status might like, they might know, might not know 100 percent about Luis Arise and if he'll be healthy enough to play tomorrow. But anybody who's healthy and they know is ready to play, those guys have to have been told by now that they are on the roster or they're not off the roster. Although. Mike Judge today, it was either him or John Carlos Stanton, he was asked about CC Sabathia not making the ALDS Aaron, oh, roster. Aaron Judge, sorry. And yeah. and he was like, Oh, I didn't know that. They you just you just broke the news to me. So I don't know if like they, they tell the whole team this is who's making it, or if they go through individually, or if there are guys I doubt this, but maybe there are guys who 
don't know their status yeah. for tomorrow in the rest of the ALDS. Thir- 30 nameplates, guys. It's my favorite thing. That's great. <laughs> 30 nameplates for awesome. 25. It's like a game show. That's great. So, the, so we know the game one matchup now. Show. Jose Barrios against James Paxton. And we know Jose Barrios has been mostly inconsistent and leaning toward bad in the last two months. He's had a couple really good starts. He's had enough good starts, I would say, in the last month to make you not feel terrible going into game one. But he That's is, all I feel, yes. He's a huge wild card. The range of outcomes for him tomorrow night is one and two-thirds and gives up six runs and he's out. I also wouldn't be shocked if he goes seven and strikes out nine and gives about, up two or three runs. How about five to six and he gives up four runs? That's doable, right? Okay. That's, not, that's not awful, right? If it was, well, I mean, it's not awful. It's awful if that's your season performance, but against, well, let's ask it this way. Would you guys take five innings, four runs right now from Jose Barrios tomorrow night? Like, five innings, four runs. With this offense on both sides, I absolutely would. You Ronnie? get into the sixth inning and the Yankees have four runs. And now it's a bullpen game. Yeah, that should be good enough. I that think I take be, it. That should be good I enough can win to get that the game. job done. I can win that game. I think what you're Absolutely. trying to avoid is being down. I, you don't want to give up a, a six runs in the first two <laughs> innings or something, right? No, you don't want to do that. I would agree completely with that. Yeah, I think I would take that. Five innings, four runs. It sounds crazy because, you know, that's that's uh, that's grounds for no longer being in the starting rotation if you did that on a regular basis. But um, This I, series is going to be crazy, though. It's like be there, so there's, fun. there's no I part of wait. me, there's no part of, of me saying, yeah, you know what, uh, that three to two game is gonna. There might be one relatively low scoring game if there's five games, but I think this is gonna be absolutely crazy for probably four games. Now on the James Paxton side, his last, I'm, I'm gonna throw out his his last start was they they ran him out there for an inning just to get some work in against Texas, or was that the did he come out with an injury in that one? Injury. He had some sort of a... Uh, he had a sore butt. Yeah, he had a glute. He pulled a glute. We yeah. talked about a nerve problem on in the his, twin show. In his glute. But in the four starts prior to that in September... <laughs> Robbie loves that one. What, the glute? His the butt. glute. That's his funny. butt. Yeah, his butt hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Butts are pulled, funny. Pulled a butt muscle. I don't care if I'm 40. Butts are funny. <laughs> it's not funny when that happens to you. I will tell you that. Actually, you, the, you pulled a butt muscle The day that? after I laughed about it, I was working out, and my right glute like totally locked up on me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is karma. This is absolutely karma. It makes the rest of your day very difficult. It I does. will tell you that, doesn't it? Does. it? Yes. So when Tiger Woods <laughs> had trouble activating his glutes a couple of years ago, that was a real thing. That was a real thing. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay. Uh, so James Paxton, in the four other starts in September before this glute malfunction start against Texas, he went 24 and two-thirds, gave up one earned run, and struck out 29 batters over that stretch. Opponents mm-hmm. in that four-game stretch hit 131 with a 167 slugging percentage. Uh, that's as dominant as you can get. He's a good pitcher, not a great pitcher, but he's been pitching great up until the glute malfunction. So it kind of depends on which James Baxter. Glute malfunction. It sounds like an HBO show. And coming up next on HBO, the glute, glute malfunction. malfunction. Glute malfunction is a great band name too. If you guys want to, that would be good. I for that one. Um, so I don't know. I think it's so hard to say though because momentum in September. If you look, whether it's individual performance or team performance, momentum in September means a lot less than people think. Well, this team's hot in September. I mean, the Twins have had so many teams. Two thousand nine Twins. They went like. 19-3 and three down the stretch to make the playoffs. Swept, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, guys perform amazingly in September, and then, boom, they give up five earned runs as a starting pitcher in the second inning. So 
Just because James Paxton has been pitching like this in September doesn't mean, oh God, Rios has been struggling. Paxton's been amazing. Lopsided, you know, in favor of the Yankees. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that correlation. No, I, these are two very evenly. These are two teams as evenly matched as you're going to get in a playoff series. I don't see a clear cut favorite. I know Mike Francesa and others in the in the national and New York media aren't really giving the Twins much of a chance. First of all, the records aren't even that disparate. All that disparate between the two. They're what three separated by three games in the standings. Yeah. And when you look at their offensive numbers, I know I read this yesterday on the uh, Score North AL Central Championship Twins show, but when you look at the offensive numbers, these two teams are literally almost identical when you look at the offense. Not just separated by one home run. Batting average, they're separated by three points. On base percentage, separated by one point. Slugging percentage, separated by four points. OPS, separated by seven points. Their walks per strikeouts, identical. I mean, across the board, these two offenses are almost identical, and the way that they got here is almost identical. Both these teams kept having guys, starters, in their everyday lineup, go down with injuries, and somebody else would just step in and plug that hole. Their road to get here, both of these teams, has been almost identical. Both teams have really good bullpens after having bullpens that struggled early in the season. Both teams have two, maybe three starters who they can rely on going into the playoffs. These are mirror images looking at each other going into the ALDS. Game one is what? 9-8? to 8-7? 11-10? Can't predict ball, Judd. What's your guess? It's You cannot You're, predict a single baseball game. That's the No, beauty. you can't. But, but what's, what's your best guess? If, if, you, if you were Vegas right now and you were going to put an over-under on game one, what would you put the figure at? 15. No. I would put it at 15. Take the under. I'm going to put it at 15. Twelve? <laughs> is that fair? Well, I mean, like you're saying if, if it's Vegas, Vegas is not going to buy in. Vegas would say, well, everyone thinks it's going to be so it's not seven gonna be. to eight. So it's going to be it's going to be six to four. I would say, well, just for the sake of this, over under thirteen. So okay, seven, that's seven, still, seven, that's seven to six. Over that's under very, over under thirteen total runs. That's I will, very healthy. I will take the under in game one. What did you put it at? Thirteen. I'll take the over. I'll take the over as well. Okay. I think it's going to be I'll like an eight seven eight six game. Okay. I'm thinking like I'm thinking along the same lines as Judd. Uh, and by the way, in that ballpark too, yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I'm I, I, Rami just said it a couple minutes ago. Cannot wait for this tomorrow. And I get Great. that we we had the wild card game a couple couple years ago, and that was awesome too. But to dive into an actual series for the first time in nine bleeping years around here, oh my gosh, just inject it all into my <laughs> veins. And we will be there with you guys, you listeners. In many different ways. We've got our five-day-a-week Scornor Twin Show. Uh, we're going to do special editions of the Scornor Twin Show with your calls on AM 1500 on the Scornor mobile app and video streaming on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook right after the game is over. And by the way, you can hear the games right here on Scornor. We are your home for Twins postseason baseball. First pitch tomorrow night at 6.07. And we also are doing our Bombus Away for 10K Challenge, where if you predict correctly the first player to hit a playoff home run for the Twins, you'll be entered to win $1,000. And if that home run happens to be a grand slam, the prize jumps to $10,000. You can enter three easy steps. Download the free Score North mobile app available for Apple or Android devices. Register on the app and enter through listener rewards. It is that easy. So Judd's out in New York. He'll be there 
all throughout the weekend. He'll even be out there for Vikings Giants on Sunday. That should be entertaining as well, boys. Man, yeah, all kinds of. Uh, <laughs> stuff There's a few storylines for that one. Judd, God. Judd, don't you dare put a microphone in Adam Thielen's face and then come play it back on these airwaves. All right, because that that's 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 not above board. That's not how this thing works. Yeah, okay? in the media. It's all our fault. It's that's really sad. I'm so, disappointed in him. So we'll come back with I'm our disappointed in us, the media, for doing this to the Vikings. That's who I'm disappointed <laughs> in, Judd. Super disappointed. Very good point, Ron. Yeah. You forced them to say that they were frustrated exactly. and then recorded and then play it back. It's hard being a quarterback in the NFL. We couldn't complete a pass. We suck. Each week, Mackie, Judd, and Rami look for the worst of the worst quarterback performances. The interceptions. Intercepted! What is going on tonight? The strip sacks. And the ball's out again! And the Bills recovered again! The ineptitude. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. It's the quarterback cesspool challenge on Score North. And that's the fifth interception today. Football. Yes. Oh, buddy. Oh, man. Let's it, go. It's been a great first four weeks. It has. We got to start. I agree. We got to start serving <laughs> some of these punishments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy time around here. Twins making the playoffs and Vikings melting down. But we've been keeping track of listener suggestions and some of our own ideas for punishments. So here's how this works. If you knew this segment, what do you have for with me Rami? there in your in your in your list? I'll just I'll re- potential punishments. I'll read through them here. Okay. All right. All right. We got Judd out in the Bronx right now, and Judd has put in prep work, even though he's been at Yankee Stadium all day, but. Our goal is to identify for each of the 17 regular season weeks the worst starting quarterback performances in the NFL as measured by QBR. And we'll get to a, we'll get to a QBR related thing here in a second because yeah. Rami was wondering something, but you can only pick each quarterback once and we must pick different quarterbacks among ourselves each week. And, um, the loser each week is on the hook for a punishment of some kind. So we've racked up four weeks so far and we haven't started serving punishments yet, but we will. And here are some of the ideas that have been sent in. Please send us your ideas, too. We'd love to rack up a bunch of them. At Phil Mackey on Twitter and Instagram. At Rami is tweeting. At Jay Zilgad. Jonathan runs a lap around a track in the corndog suit. That's going to be so difficult. He said the... he can't do it. because I can do it. The stick hangs down too Let's low. Let's get this. You're going to trip and fall. Can't we take the stick off of it? Or just cut oh, it shorter? Don't take the yeah. stick no, off. the stick's got to stay. Can stick we... stays. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not Stip a corndog it? anymore. Stick stays. <laughs> Sounds like a and I have to, I can't just like start from like a standing position. I have to start from the like the track position. Yeah, yeah, yeah like in the blocks. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not saying cut the stick off. I'm just saying like no, 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 no. just a tip. <laughs> just really? move on. Okay, just move really on. Seriously, no, don't do this anymore. Uh, there's a couple Rami related punishments. So Rami is deathly afraid of country music and public restrooms. Yeah. Phil just moves on. So we figured. Uh, <laughs> We figured that we'll put Rami in a in a public restroom all week long. That's the only thing I'm allowed to use. All week long and headphones to listen to country music when he goes to the bathroom. We put an access unit in there so he has to do the show from a public restroom. From a restroom. public restroom. Oh, so he's got to play God, road games all week no, that week? God, no. No, I can't. And I can't. Or at least one show. I can't play road games all week because, like I told you guys, I... I I'm on a very uh, tight schedule when it comes to that, and it it it's in the morning. It's when I it's like when I'm home. I don't even know how I would play a road game Sounds at like that time. Excuses. We can find a breakfast spot in Uptown. We'll find something for you. <laughs> Be great. And Actually, then, uh, you know what? I do have a spot. 
I have I I it just came to me. So okay. were that a punishment, I could I could serve that sentence. <laughs> Wait, are we supposed to take your word for it though? It's a public bathroom. I don't even okay, just keep going. That's all I'll tell you. It's a public I, okay. bathroom. Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna move on. We'll, all figure, right. we'll figure out. But okay. keep suggestions coming in. We'd like to rack up some more of these things. But we gotta get to the results from this last week. Uh we'll start with Judd Zolgad who already lost the week before. He thought Josh Rosen was going to be terrible, and he was mediocre, but was the best quarterback of the ones that we picked two weeks ago. You thought Mitch Trubisky against the Vikings defense going to be a disaster. Well, Mitch Trubisky only played for like five minutes, but his QBR for the game was 84.3, Judd Zolgad. So, <laughs> Wow. You. I had a bad feeling when you went out. I had a bad feeling when he went out that quickly that I was in big trouble, which is why I've gotten very creative for this week. So you finished in last place. By the way, it's a scale of 1 to 100, and Mitch Trubisky's 84.3 was the best performance of any quarterback picked so far this season. How does that even qualify? He played five plays. He got hurt on the sixth play. You would have thought I just got, you know, zero. Well, I... uh, He did well enough. I picked Luke Falk, who had a bye week. But you the, burned your Luke Falk one. But the rule is, if you pick a quarterback that doesn't play, you get saddled with a 50 QBR. And because Mitch Trubisky was worse, that means that uh, I uh, escaped unscathed. And then we had a really close matchup for the worst quarterback of the week picked. Rami thought Kirk Cousins against the Bears defense is going to be a disaster. And he was right in terms of QBR especially, where Kirk Cousins finished with a 19.2 on a scale mm-hmm. of 1 to 100. And you were asking, wait a second, but his passer rating wound up being pretty it's good. It's like 91.2 or uh-uh. something like that. QBR takes I forgot everything about into context. Yeah. So if you're, if you're putting up garbage time yards, it's not scoring on QBR. And that means the winner, once again, third wow. time already this season that Jonathan Harrison has identified the worst starting quarterback. He left the game early due to injury, <laughs> but still played long enough to be Ross? bad. <laughs> It is intercepted, picked up by Devin McCourty. Four straight games with a pick. Cesspool challenge might as well be the Josh Allen challenge. His 16.9 passer rating makes Jonathan the quarterback cesspool challenge winner. What What was Roscoe even doing there? Manny's on vacation this week. What's he doing? His Manny impression? Yeah, what was that? That That's such a good question. That? (laughs) He left the game early. Oh, thank you so much for this, Ross. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ross. (laughs) So who was it even who did you pick? Josh Allen with a 16.9 Okay, so the week after I pick him, he actually... You picked Josh Rosen. No, you picked Josh Rosen. Oh, did I? Okay, forget it. Yeah. So right now, Jonathan Harrison is the leader through four weeks of our quarterback cesspool challenge. He has correctly predicted three out of four weeks the worst starting quarterback among all of us. So reverse order of standings is how we're going to pick them. This week, that means Judd picks first, I go second, Rami, and then Jonathan. Let's fire up some music. Here. All right. Let's go around the room here. Judd will get out in the Bronx. I don't hear any music yet. I'm waiting for go. music, yeah. There we go. So I picked first last week and actually picked a guy who left after six <laughs> plays with a great QBR. That doesn't seem fair at all. But you know what? This isn't meant to be fair. This is meant to highlight man's failure. And I am going to go with a guy I'm convinced will fail miserably on Sunday and is going to be thrown into the starting role 
it's not fair, it's not right, and it's irresponsible, but that's why we love the Washington Redskins. Colt McCoy ah! is expected to start. Damn. Now, here's Keenum's hurt. They basically have decided that, and I don't think that this is um, uh, Gruden. I think that this is ownership. They basically decided that Haskins shouldn't be starting. And so Colt McCoy is going to get the start against the Patriots by default, it looks like. I love this as a way for me to get back on track and to see somebody fail miserably like Colt McCoy yeah. will bring me great joy on Sunday. Colt McCoy it is. All right. That was who I was going to pick. Oh, Did I not That's do a lot of work right there? Phil, Did I, I not asked, do? I asked uh-huh. Phil, and he knew where I was going with it immediately. Yeah. I said, what if I pick a quarterback who ends up not starting? Because there is still some question as to whether or not it'll be McCoy or Haskins, unless yeah. I missed something, Judd. And Phil alluded to me that he was thinking along the same lines. So all three of us stooges think Let's just say the same this. thing. When when a guy is on a, a new Delta plane and he's flying very early in the morning from MSP to LaGuardia, there is a real good opportunity to watch hours of Get Up, which is what I was doing today when I was putting together my uh Did you go down to the pier challenge. and watch him live? No, I was watching it on the plane because <laughs> my choices were ESPN, ESPN2, or or. Good Morning Football, which I watched a little bit of, but I was watching Greeny and Get Up, and they were talking about uh, the Redskins quarterback situation. Nice. All right, so you're on the board with Colt McCoy. Yes, sir. That was who I was going to pick. So I'm just going to go default because I don't think I've picked him. Let me just make sure I haven't picked him yet this year. Yeah, I'm going to fire my Joe Flacco bullet here. Ooh. Joe Flacco. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. And uh, a good one. it's a road game against the Chargers, and it's Joe Flacco. And that team is terrible. And did I say it's Joe Flacco? I think you mentioned so, it. I'm going to pick Joe so Flacco. It's Flacco, right? You you're picking. It. You're going yeah, Flacco. Be Joe Flacco. Right, I know he's. On, I, gotta... I know he's elite, but this week he's going to struggle. Check your list there, because I don't keep track of things. Uh, have I taken Derek or David Carr yet this Wait, season? Uh, David Carr, you or have Derek, not. Derek Carr. You can't take. I'm sorry. He gets David Carr because of that, and it's a fifty. It's a fifty. Do you have? Have I taken Derek Carr yet? You have not taken Derek Carr because Khalil Mack. I don't know if you guys have heard any of his sound bites from the Bears locker room in London this week. This is a man on a mission to make the Raiders absolutely regret trading him to the Bears a year ago. Mm. He's out for blood. He's out, and he's friends with David Carr, so and Derek Carr. I'm sure he'll try and put him on the ground nicely, but I guarantee you, he's putting David Carr on the ground a few times. And Derek Carr. And t- did I say it again? <laughs> Three and, times. God, I think he has to take David Carr no. at this point. Well, he went, Derek wait, wait. Carr. I he want Derek saying David Carr. David Carr. No, he said I want three Derek. Times. <laughs> I think this Carr. is David Carr. I Hold on a second, you guys. No, wait, no. Wait, if, he, wait, if he picks David Carr, he's saddled with a 50. He's That's what I said before. He gets a 50. He gets a 50. You've mentioned him three no, times. I will not. You've mentioned David Carr more than you mentioned Derek Carr. Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr. There, now I just fixed that. You also said Mike Judge, too, who's great with the... Earlier today, you were talking about Aaron Judge. You said Mike Judge. You did, and it's a great show. Don't get me wrong. King of the Hill, right? Yes, King no of the Hill. I was confused he why office Giancarlo Stanton was starting. Oh, I love office space. I love office space. I'm taking Derek Carr and Khalil Mack might just end his career this Sunday. Might just finish it for him and the, and the Raiders. And the last pick of the week, Jonathan Harrison, our back-to-back defending champion here of the quarterback cesspool challenge. Who's your week five pick? I'm going to pick against the Bills once again. I've done it a couple times this season. I'm taking Marcus Mariota 
playing against the Bills, a very underrated defense. Marcus Mariota is not that good at football right now. He's a bad football player. I'm going to take Marcus Mariota as my quarterback for this week's quarterback session. And that Bills defense... Like I know we like to laugh at the Bills and oh, right, rightly so a lot of the times. They and held Tom Brady to a nineteen point five. That's what I was just gonna say. They did more than hold down Tom Brady last week. They basically shut like if Josh Allen isn't as bad as he was last week, they probably lose that game, the Patriots mm-hmm. do. Yeah. So that's the quarterback cesspool challenge where uh we pick the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Or quarterbacks and, that are retired. Or that. Derek Carr. I want Derek <laughs> sure. Carr. Sure, you don't want Derek current Carr? quarterback. Or the of, opponent against NFL Network's very tough. Of the this Oakland weekend. soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Give me Mike Judge, okay? <laughs> I want Mike Judge. I want Mike Judge and All rise David for Carr. Mike Judge. Yes. <laughs> That's right. We'll ra- we'll wrap with Royce when we come back. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Judd's out in New York. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's time for another episode of What's on the TCL TV. And right now, we got the NLDS. This is the first playoff game on our 55-inch TCL 4K Roku TV. It was one nothing last time I looked up at our TCL TV. Yeah, Atlanta, St. Louis, it's 1-1 to right now in the top of the fifth. And we're watching playoff baseball in 4K picture quality here. We've got it if we want to. If this game gets out of hand or if, uh, if St. Louis takes a lead and Rami's like, I just can't watch the team that I hate. Take a lead. We could switch over to five thousand plus streaming channels and five hundred thousand plus movies and TV show episodes. But we will be watching playoff baseball and Bombas on TCL TVs all throughout October. And if you're a sports fan, you've got access to so many great sports streaming platforms that built-in Roku device. You can find out more about why TCL is America's fastest-growing TV brand at TCLUSA.com or at any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. Time for the Score North download. Jonathan here with the download. If you missed the news of the day, Stefan Diggs addressed all the rumors that he wants out of the Vikings. Here's what he said. I feel like there's truth to all rumors, you know. I mean, no matter how you dress it up, um, I won't be saying nothing on it. I won't be speaking on it at all. Uh, but there's truth to all rumors, I guess. Well, he's, clearly he's frustrated. He noted that frustration later on in the press conference. There was a lot of speculation of me being frustrated. Of course, you know, as being a being a receiver and um, wanting to have success and wanting to win. If you want to win and you're not winning, of course you'll be frustrated. That's my answer. To which Adam Thielen, after practice, said this about supposed frustration within the Vikings when asked if it's a little early to be frustrated after a two and two season or start. I think the frustration is with you is, is you guys. It's not us. We we're not frustrated. We're going to work. I don't think uh, if you guys watched practice today, we were flying around, we were having fun, and we were making plays. So um, I think uh, that's a that's a media thing uh, more than uh, frustration from us. Because um, yeah, on, on you know after a game, things like that, you're going to show frustration. But you know now we're worried about New York, and and we're not frustrated at all. You know, despite you saying you were frustrated after the Bears game, but that's beside the point, I guess. That's been your score north down Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. And it is time to wrap with Royce as we do. I'm in uh, in the Bronx actually here to cover the Yankees and the Twins. Uh, Phil and Rami back in studio, and Patrick, you are you are the guy again who called this entire thing. Now we got Thielen saying it's our fault. We got Diggs saying, "Yeah, Royce's right. I got frustrated and left." You you laid this out two weeks ago. Yeah, well, but at least his quotes at least his quotes today were very coherent and straightforward. Uh, it was all rumors, and by the way, usually rumors are true. Is one of the things he said, basically. So uh, he's uh, he's uh, he's got a little different twist on the uh, on comments than uh, than I uh, 
normally would uh, would say that most people do. It's uh, it was uh, he didn't put out the fire today. That's for sure. No. What do you think? Uh, what do you think this looks like in eight weeks? Or what do you what do you think? How, how do you think this whole thing ends, Pat? I think next week, Stefan Diggs, Mike Hughes, and two number twos to Jacksonville for Jalen Ramsey. Wow. Wow. Wait a second. Hold on. Yeah. Whoa. That's a that's yeah, a, that's a, a that's imaging. That. For Write that. this down. That's Write it down. You like writing things down? Write that down. Oh, I thought you were I, I thought it was reckless. It's is it write that down or is it reckless speculation? It's both. Stefan Diggs. You get Mike Hughes. They don't want Trey Waynes. I know you guys want to give him Trey Waynes, but uh, Trey Waynes is getting ready to get paid. You got a couple more years of Mike Hughes. Cheap Mike Hughes and two number twos at least for uh, Jalen Ramsey. It's going to happen. And Dick and uh, this kid down there that's playing so well at quarterback, Minshaw, he could use another receiver. So uh, and he's got John D. Filippo down there. Who, he and Stefan can renew what seemed to be a good relationship last year, right? So uh, that's that's my prediction. This, wow. by the way, is reckless speculation, but it just makes reckless speculation. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it make sense? Doesn't it, it make sense? It does, but I don't know if it. It makes sense, but I don't know. It, it feels like a. It doesn't feel like. Something that's going to fix everything, I guess. It doesn't make Kirk Cousins a better quarterback. It doesn't make Adam... I guess Adam Thielen probably gets double teamed every time he runs a route. Yeah, but now Zimmer can have a defense that... that, Let's do what we need. Let's improve that defense a little more. That would be be Zim's strategy, right? Uh, Let's do even more for the... I I don't know that... You know, as I said today on Twitter, we've solved two mysteries in the last 48 hours. One, why did Stefan Diggs not get drafted till the fifth round? And two, as we said yesterday, how come we found out how come Percy Harvin missed all those Wednesdays? So we now know we now those those two mysteries have been solved. Pat, do you have any reckless speculation you want to put out there about the ALDS before rosters are out tomorrow? Uh, no, but uh, Jose is uh, pitching game one. Is that official now? Yes. Yep. Okay, and we still haven't said game two, huh? No, he's no, not, he's not no, 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 no. Judge no, tried. Judge tried. tried. I tried and was told that he's not that nice of guy and wasn't going to tell us. <laughs> and did he? Uh, he didn't give. Did he give the people? A, he obviously didn't give them a lineup at today's press conference either. I've been, uh, <laughs> I've been out uh, making up for uh, totally ignoring the bride's birthday yesterday by being nice to her today. So we went and saw the. Uh, Linda Ronstead documentary at the United uh, Theater, and now we're at Murray's. So I'm a little out of the circulation right here. Wow, it's in that Murray's right but now. You, you know, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta. Uh, it's not that I forgot; I just didn't have any time to do anything about it. So. <laughs> you forgot, didn't you? <laughs> you forgot, exactly. didn't you? Well, I, I thought it was the first. And the first uh-huh. that was my problem. I, yep. I had the wrong day of the month. So it was all. It was not really my fault. So anyhow, it's okay. I'm. Uh, who do you think? I I bet they're probably going to wait to see if they win or lose game one, huh? And then because I suppose here's my theory: if if. If you don't get your Odorizzi in game two, then, uh, you, you, you know, if, if Jose uh, throws up and then 
you don't have Odorizzi pitch game two, then you got to let Jose pitch a game, potential game five, too. So I don't know, but I think Dotnick's going to definitely uh, get a start. Yeah. I got uh, Parker Hageman to do some, uh, to, to give me a mock up of uh, Dotnick as to why he's, uh, he's doing well, because I watch this stuff, but I, I don't know exactly that it's. Uh, this is not a fluke. I mean, this guy's pretty good. It's a sort of a pitches is pretty good. Yeah. What's it? By the way, uh, Parker Hageman from Twins Daily. What? And, and, and I think Parker posts all kinds of video breakdowns on Twitter and does a good job. What did he tell you? Yeah. Well, that uh, his the uh, the vertical on his sinker, which is that pitch he's always throwing to left-handed hitters, which is uh, you know his, his sinker is like top five in the baseball now. Four small sample size. But when you watch that, I, I was trying to watch some video of him the other day, and that thing, you know, he starts it in the strike zone pretty good, and it almost stays in the strike zone, but it has a, a nice little uh, late dip on it. The other thing he told me is, even though he's had that goofy uh, release, you know, that, that quick little wind-up and the boom, it's he releases the ball from the same point. His, his, one reason his control's good is he releases the ball from the same point all on every pitch, whereas a guy like Cole Stewart's release points all over the map. So uh, it's, it's a, uh, I talked to his dad, and he's had that wind-up since he was like an 8-year-old kid, and he's never changed it. And he's, uh, you know, it works for him. And it's funky, and it's a little goofy, but it's, it, it's he's very consistent with it. I it's the Rex Bex. Come on, Pat. I think the Twins also changed some stuff with him. I think they threw out about three of his pitches because he used to throw a splitter and a you know more of a curveball. He throws it once in a while now, but uh, looks like it's mostly changeup, sinker, slider. So. Anywho. <laughs> yeah, no, so, we got, we got you. We're just going. in, we're just in three different locations. So do you think he gets? So, hey, hey Pat, Pat. So, so we, we talked to Jake uh, today, and, and he seemed to he he swore that he didn't know which game he gets, which seems odd. But you you might be right. They might have told him if Barrios comes out and struggles and pukes up the game game one, you're probably going to start game two, and mm-hmm. if he doesn't, you might start game three. That. That actually is makes sense because Jake swore up and down that he did not know a d- definitive plan yet, which doesn't mean he hasn't been told what they're thinking. We talked to Dominic uh, uh, Tuesday, and just the smallest of hints that he expected to pitch in Yankee Stadium. So hmm. because of the, you know he keeps the ball down and they don't hit it in the air. So, but that was it was certainly nothing. Nothing definitive, and I've talked to a couple of people who are close to him, and they don't know, or they won't tell me anyway, including his dad. I also tracked down his catcher, Danny Essian, from college, uh, the guy who had him in college. He's in Prague uh, selling investments, so it took a little get juice to get him, but I uh, talked to him a little bit today, too. So That's Jim Essian's kid that was his catcher in college, and Jim Essian... He told his dad about the guy, and that's how he ended up in that goofy league in Detroit that the the Twins ended up signing him out of. Yeah. Uh, well, what's uh? Have you guys walked into Murray's yet? 
Or did you did you step away? Where are you at in the Murray's I process was right now? I in here, and I walked back outside to this uh, little place where the uh, ballet guys hang out because it's too loud in there. Okay. Well, what are we? What, what kind of damage are we going to do tonight? Yeah, what are we eating? I don't think we're going for the big steak. I don't think the wife's into that. I think lots of apps, probably. Oh. And uh, but the but the definite Caesar salad with anchovies, double anchovies, mm. coming up here shortly for me. Yes. The double anchovies. Yeah. That's so a bold play. Oh, you're basically man. going tapas at Murray's. <laughs> well, I mean that's tapas, I Pat. I don't know. It's her birthday. We got to do what the hell she says. If you, <laughs> if you hadn't forgotten, well, you wouldn't have got the big steak. If I was here, we'd be eating a hundred dollar double butter knife. But I don't know if we're going to. I don't. It doesn't look like it. Did you? I'm did just you see orders today? Did you see the story Steve Mariucci recently told about going out for a steak dinner with uh, Andy Reid? And how quickly Andy Reid dispensed of a 40-ounce steak. 19 minutes. 19 minutes he took out a 40-ounce steak, Pat. That guy's got a quick offense, including steak. Including steak, he believes in going fast. You know? He's the Tyreek Hill of steak eating. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Pat. We'll talk. We'll talk to you tomorrow. They're out of trouble in New York tonight, John. They uh, they don't close those bars even if you want them to. So take it easy. I will. Thank you very much. All right. Okay. All right. A lot of work to be done. All right. Bye, yes. Pat. Bye. No, you won't. Jed, you going to Foley's tonight? No, I'm in the Bronx. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here and watch the uh, the playoff baseball, and I, I think the Rangers open against the Jets. It's at the Garden. I was tempted to go, but I'm not going to have time. What's the football game tonight? Uh, it is Seattle and the Rams. Oh, that's it's actually, actually a not a really good. It's actually not, really it's good not game. a bad game. For I have fantasy implications too, so I'll be watching. Uh-oh. Yeah, oh, mm-hmm. big fantasy implications. Big fantasy implications. Yeah, I asked about a bar around my hotel in the Bronx, and the guy's like, "Yeah, there's some down by the stadium, which is quite, you know, it's not, it's not far, but it's a little bit of a hike." And, and he goes, "And across the street, there, uh, there, you know, the mall, there's an, a really good Applebee's there." Oh, that's right up your alley. I and I'm like, "The Bronx, uh, and Applebee's? Are you serious?" I understand the Bronx is like the hippie or not hippie hipster capital of the usa now there's got to be some good bars and food around there because brooklyn was and now it's too expensive and so i think now the kids are coming to the bronx they're finding a different neighborhood to gentrify yeah enjoy enjoy your two for 22 and your half price apps tonight judd thanks guys i appreciate it and judd with rami 24 hours until first pitch right here on score north tell me these things you're ruining my evening (laughs) This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 